Okay, I'm recording this after I've finished recording the podcast. So I'm now giving you a fair warning. It's shouty, it's sweary, it's probably offensive. If you're offended, I'm sorry. Don't take it personal. I'm just venting, I'm ranting, and and I'm pissed off. So just accept my pissed off, enjoy the rant, and yeah, remember shouty, sweary. Mm -hmm. The time that a lot of my friends have feared has come. When I came here, many of my friends took me aside and said, listen, love, don't cause a revolution. <laughs> and I'm afraid that the, the, the time that they have feared has, has now arrived. So let me uh, say a little bit about my history with St. Lucia. Because uh, you better buckle up, loves, because this is a political rant and it can get a bit heated, I think. Because... <laughs> I've been here over a year now and I'm I'm done and I've got to say my piece and I'm going to say my piece to my people and whatever happens, happens, but I'm going to say my piece now. So strap in, loves. Anyway, so I've been coming backwards and forwards to St Lucia and for 30 years, about 30 odd years. And up until this point, I've observed, I've not, I've not, got involved because you know what I didn't live here so you know what's a, I shouldn't look at a system and, and sneer at it and and see the flaws and say anything because it's not my place I didn't live here so I used to I observed and I kept coming back I would come back sometimes every year sometimes there'd be a gap and then I'd come back again but I'd be here regularly and so I've seen how the country has developed and I do put developed in quotation marks. And so what I'm saying is from what I've seen over 30 years, not from the year that I've lived here. Now, since I've lived here for the year, I've taken a long, hard look at what I've... You know, I've not gone deep. I've not researched numbers. I've not... I've just been talking to people. I've just been asking my questions. Because I always ask questions and it always gets me in trouble because people don't like... Either they don't like the question or they don't like the answer. But somehow, just asking questions gets you in trouble. So, that's my history with the island. I've been back and forth for 30 years. Now I live here. Why have I got to this point? Well, I'm just so sick and tired of bullshit. Sick and tired of it. And it's it's ridiculous ridiculous bullshit it's not even justifiable bullshit it's ridiculous bullshit so and mainly caused by the biggest fuck bucket i've ever encountered and that is a the glorious mr alan chastenay and before i start on my rant against mr chastenay i would like to post a little disclaimer right here and say raquel the wife of said politician, I actually like her. She's a she's a nice lady. Raquel, honestly, you are punching way below your weight with him. And I'm talking clearly intellectually. You are far superior. And this is not a personal attack on you in any way, shape or form. I hope that you do not take this as a personal attack on you. 
I hope you do not take this as a personal attack on your husband. I am attacking the Prime Minister, okay? I want to make that very, very clear. He's probably a fantastic husband, fantastic father. I'm not attacking him in those ways at all. So, basically, there is a guy who is in charge of the country who is a fuckwit. I cannot explain. Imagine Boris Johnson, who is not actually pretending to be stupid, okay? That's what you've got here. You've actually got a stupid Boris Johnson. That's it. And it's not only bad, but it's criminal. I'm making the one allegation to every single politician. Every single politician. Prove to me, without a doubt, that you are not corrupt. Because everything I've observed of every single politician... And the one thing I've always said about St Lucia is the only thing guaranteed to improve during any government and all governments is the politician's bank balance. And this is how insidious it is because every single one of those politicians has been educated and not educated on the island, no. And all of these politicians have gone abroad and have been educated abroad. And while they're abroad, they learn the truth about slavery. Not that it happened long ago. They learn that it's still happening in the minds of of people, in the cultures of people. Certain people around the world, certain highly colonised countries around the world, those places, it didn't end. It's still ingrained in the culture. Now, I've talked about the, the races, I've talked about the, the legacy of slavery, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the fact that every single one of these politicians understand this. And they come back here and they realise that they have a naive population. And by naive, I mean politically naive. I'm talking about the people who still believe that fair skin means intelligence. Whether they consciously or subconsciously think it, it is still there. I'm talking about those people who do not believe that someone who was born in St Lucia and never left the island and has, has maybe a farmer or could not be a politician. Politicians have to wear the nice white crisp shirts and, and be very posh and very smart and use, use words like furthermore because they can. No. The only thing needed in a politician, honesty, integrity, a love of country, a desire for a better future. Now, many politicians will say all of these things, but in the back of their minds, all they're thinking is, how much money can I make? Now, I'm saying this, and I'm saying this quite openly and quite honestly, every single politician to ever grace the St. Lucian governmental stage is corrupt. Full stop. Point. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Prove to me that you haven't given something to your family member. 
Prove to me that you haven't found a job for a family member or a friend or a donor or a sponsor. Tell me, prove to me that you haven't done all of those 100 million things that every single St Lucian politician does as a matter of course. And then I will take it back. But I will continue to contend to this day that every single politician who has ever graced the solution stage is corrupt and was corrupt. Now, some of them were criminal as well as corrupt. There are some politicians, if you go into it, oh my God, their history is disgusting. Yes, look into it. Anyway, so we are a country governed by a self-serving fuckwit. Imagine Trump on steroids without the charisma. <laughs> the man is lacking in every single... And I can only see it as a good thing because he's basically the worst that St Lucia has to offer and it can only get better from here. But what I have to do is actually at this point forget about attacking Mr Chastney but then turn my attention to the real culprits, turn my attention to the people who are truly to blame for the mess that St Lucia finds itself in currently. Although before I go there, let me just say one thing. Alan Chastney, I read apparently he's some sort of tourism guru. Tourism guru of fucking what? On what planet can that man be considered a tourism guru when he still thinks that the future of tourism is fucking hotels and cruise ships? Hotels and cruise ships? Cruise ships, they dock for an afternoon and fuck off. How is that the future of sustainable tourism? Sorry. For fuck's sake. It's as if nobody on this island has been out in the world and seen how the real world works. Tourists don't want big hotels. Tourists want Airbnbs in small villages and get to have a sense of where they are. They want to have activities, do things, be led around by someone local. They want to get a local vibe. They want to integrate and have fun in the places that they visit. Anyway, I'll, I'll come to ideas for tourism later. I want to ask one question of those responsible and the question is this. People of St Lucia, what the fuck? What the fuck? I, do not tell me that you looked at Alan Chastney, listened to the drivel that emits his mouth like verbal diarrhoea, word salad of the worst kind because it doesn't even make sense even if you take the bare bones of the idea of the sentence. It still doesn't make sense. The man was given lessons in patois, I can't speak patois, I can't speak patois, I don't pretend to be able to, but for God's sake, don't pretend you can and then be shit. You're a rich boy, take lessons. Become perfect before you spout bullshit. Oh my God. So, so anyway, you're telling me, as a citizen of St Lucia, you saw the man, you heard the man, and you looked at him and thought, yeah, he should be Prime Minister. 
What the fuck was he running against? A dog turd. Um, okay. That may have been a bit harsh, but seriously. And, and, and listen, there's some sort of weird shit going on with the, the St. Lucian politicians because, oh my gosh, some of them have accents that you would not believe. There is this one woman politician... Anyway, I'm not going there. I'll probably get onto her later. I won't I won't be able to help myself. But anyway, so people of St. Lucia. I wanna speak a little bit about the tribalism. Let me explain to my English uh, listeners what happens here is that it's a two party system. There's a UWP, the United Workers Party. They are yellow. And there is the St. Lucia Labour Party, and that is red. And you are either yellow or you are red, and that is it. You are yellow or you are red your entire lives. And you cheer the red and you boo the yellow, and that's it. It is tribalism of the worst kind, because it is without any kind of thought whatsoever. It is instinctive red yay yellow boo and for years they have watched this country flip-flop between these two parties and it's the worst kind of two-party system as I mentioned because each party does not want the other party to have credit for anything so they will dismantle something just so they can start their own thing and it be theirs and not the party before. And as a consequence, you have projects that get started, never get finished. Now, I actually suspect that they are working in tandem. Because all of the politicians get rich. It doesn't matter what party they are, they all get rich. Now, they get richer when they're in power. They still get their kickbacks when they're out of power. So I think they're just perpetuating this two-party system. And basically, the idea is this. You make sure the people are so busy fighting for the party that they forget to fight for themselves. Let me say that again. They make it that they are so busy fighting for the party that they forget to fight for themselves. What does that mean? That means they cheer, they cheer, they cheer, they cheer. The politician gets into power. Their lives change in no way whatsoever. They might get the odd little bit of work thrown their way, the odd little bit of thing, but no long-term substantive change occurs. You think I'm joking. You think I'm messing with you. When I say that no long-term substantive change occurs. Okay, the main consequence of this stupid two-party system is that no infrastructure project actually properly works. What we need is a long-term infrastructure project that will do everything and modelise everything in one go. Now, when I first came here in 1994... I thought it was really quaint that the public transport system was minibuses. You get in a minibus, a little rickety old minibus, you fear for your life for an hour and a half or an hour, and you get up to Castries. 
That is the public transport system. I thought that was quaint. I thought that was sweet. In 1994, would you believe in 2021 that is still the main public transport system? Still on the same roads. But the roads have been patched up over the years. So, you know, you'll get bits of road that are really nice and then other bits that are really shitty and got massive potholes. But it doesn't matter because just before an election, whatever party that's in government will rush out and fill all the potholes and make the road and patch everything up so that it looks pretty and people go, oh, you've done the roads, I'll vote for you again. Yay, 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 yay. And what they don't realise is that 20 years ago, the government could have agreed on a 10-year infrastructure project. Boom, you've got one major road, even a train line, something. But actually spending 10 years or five years or whatever long it took to build something for the fucking future. But no, no. What they do is they just leave it as it is because do you know what? They're not interested in making St Lucia better. And any St. Lucian who... No, in fact, no, I can't even say any St. Lucian that thinks otherwise is stupid. No St. Lucian thinks that they're in it to make it better. You talk to St. Lucians and they know that they're all corrupt and they know that their lives are never going to get better. And that's the trick. That's what the politicians do. And that's how it gets insidious because they come back and they realise that the population here are just waiting for slave masters. And so they become the slave masters. But what they do is they open the ga the gates. They take the shackles off and say, you're free. But they make them work anyway. And they tell them, you know what, you're free, but you know, you'll never work out there. You're, it'll never work on your own. You can't do it on your own. You need me. And yeah, you are free, but you should still work for me because I know what I'm doing and you don't. Yeah, you are free and you can go out there, but we own all the land. So you're going to have to work for us for many, many years so you can buy the land back that we stole. So yes, the current government, yes, I will say, are the new slave masters. Because they've been abroad, they know the score, and they come back and they do it anyway. St Lucia, you deserve better. You need to believe that you deserve better than a load of corrupt politicians who want to do nothing more than lie in their pocket. It's not a coincidence that you can be a politician, a middle-class person. You know, you're not poor, you're not rich, you've got enough. You become a politician and suddenly, boom, you're living in a gated community and have two condominiums. And Gail, I'm not talking about you. If you think I'm talking about you, then obviously you think you're a corrupt politician. You know, Gail, I don't need to attack you on your wealth acquisition. There are a hundred things I can attack you on. Let's start with your bloody accent. What the fuck is that? Your wannabe British accent. Fucking hell. Get some bloody elocution lessons. You could have had that sorted. But I don't know what the fuck you're doing with your voice. Please. Just start being authentic and use the voice you were fucking born with. Jesus Christ. Secondly... You're the Minister for Education. I will lay down the bloody gauntlet now. I am happy to debate you on, on a future education system for St Lucia. 
I'm happy to debate you any time. Name the date, name the time. I will be there. I will debate you. Because your sense of education, if you think that the education system in this country is serving the children of this country, is serving the country, if you think this education system is serving anybody apart from, ah, maybe... Uh, foreign countries where all of our most talented and brightest students rush off to to go and get an education because in all the bloody years no one's managed to set up any sort of tertiary education on this fucking island that is worth a damn. Let's talk about energising entire new generation of modern, innovative teachers using modern, innovative techniques. Oh, no, sorry, they can't because the government hasn't invested in, in, in the broadband and making it everywhere. The government hasn't invested in making sure the rural areas are connected. No, no, sorry. They've allowed flow and all these foreign companies to, to dictate all of the terms of everything. In fact, they've allowed current foreign companies to dictate the terms of everything. And let's even not get started on the Queen's Chain, but I'm going off on a tangent. I was here for the independence celebrations. And they were all celebrating, oh, 42 years of independence. And I was sitting there and I was looking at them and I was gobsmacked. And I was going, 42 years of independence from what? The Queen still owns the whole bloody country. How can she own this country? I mean, I get England. I get the UK. I get that. That's the family shit. I get that. But how does she own this island? Someone explain to me in detail how the woman owns the island, please. I'd absolutely love to know. The entire island pretty much is Queen's Chain. So you're telling me that because someone came over here, murdered the population, made the population enslaved, and decided it belonged to the Queen, it still belongs to the Queen to this day? Whatever you've earned from it, you know, fair play to you. And I'm sorry, nothing needs to be paid to Britain either. Nothing, not a penny needs to be paid. I don't... Give me some good reason why it belongs to her. Don't get it. So, yeah. Independent. Independent my ass. You're not independent. You haven't got an independent bone in your body. You, you, you're dependent on foreign companies for your tourism. You, you allow foreign countries to just trample over everything. I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of a lot of the programmes because I don't want to, because I know as soon as I know the ins and outs, I'm going to be furious. And I'd rather not be furious. So I'd rather just know just vague bits about the stupidity of what... OK, let me give people an example of the stupidity. Now, the south of the island is currently without a proper healthcare facility. Basically, the stadium, yes, stadium has been transformed into a makeshift hospital. Meant to be makeshift because one government started the hospital, took, destroyed the hospital and started building it. The other government came in, stopped the process and it's been just dragging because nobody wants to get involved again. So there's no real proper good healthcare down in the south. Up north there's loads 
loads up north because you know what? You've got to take care of them tourists. Got to take care of the tourists. But then I asked myself, who takes care of the tourists? All the people that live down here and have no fucking health care. They travel hours and hours in the morning to go up to Sandals, be treated like slaves, be paid like servants, and then, and then have to travel back down south to get home in the middle of the night. And they have no health care. So, God forbid, they fall and slip and hurt themselves. Yes, there is rudimentary. But you know what? The amount of money this, this country's in debt. The amount of money that has been borrowed for this country and what it's got to show for all of that debt. It's got no health care. No proper, good, decent health care. None. It's got no decent infrastructure. There have been no decent infrastructure projects that have reimagined travelling around this island. None. Maintenance is done simply before an election. Full stop. There's no decent public transport. Taking your life in your hands in a minibus driven by a fucking maniac is not public transport. I'm sorry. You know, there's no postal deliveries. This country should have at least two nationalised companies that are providing income, not only in jobs, but for the raw materials that we have in abundance on this island. There are many, 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 many things that can be done to raise the prosperity of the entire island. I can give you ten off the top of my head that will raise the prosperity of the island. Yes, they need investment, but the investment comes back because you're not investing in a race course, Mr. Fucking Chastanay. A race course that is used once, your little vanity project. Oh. A race course? A fucking race course? So an overgrown race course is what we have. An overgrown race course. A race course that costs millions and it wasn't even local workforce. Cost millions. Used once. I don't know, it might have been used twice. I mean, I might be wrong. But it's not being used now. And it'll probably never be used again. But Alan Chastney built a fucking race course. And he's proud of it. Fucking dickheads talking about building a golf course next. What the fuck? Sorry. So I have questions for the politician. What ideas do you have for the development of the island outside of tourism? If you're borrowing huge sums, why not build something that will create permanent jobs? Nationalised industries. Why can't St Lucia be the centre of the coconut oil industry or the mango pulp industry or any fucking industry at all? The knowledge of how to export is on this island. We've been exporting to, to the EU for years until they stopped and it decimated the entire industry. So we know how to export fruit. We know how to export produce. We know how to export it to the UK. Why don't we do something national? But all I need to know is, what do you have? What ideas do you have? 
What modern ideas do you have for tourism? I want to know modern ideas for the future, not the past. Let's not be stuck in the 1980s. But the things that really piss me off are the things that we're losing because this government and successive governments have completely taken their eye off the ball. What about the traditional crafts? We should be paying those traditional craftsmen and women to continue the traditional crafts because that is what we can use to build the tourism on this island. The traditional crafts are amazing, but they're dying out because there's no money in it. So let's put money in it. Let's make it worth young people's while learning the skills that it takes decades to learn. Let's not let the centuries-old traditions die with the old ladies and the old men that are still doing them. Protect the traditions. Protect the piton. Protect the beaches. No beach should be private on this island. Every St Lucian should have the ability to, to go to any beach they want. Ooh, I don't know. I'm not anti-tourist. I'm really not. I just like the idea of sustainable tourism. I like the idea of possibly spreading the money around the island, stimulating the economy around the island, instead of concentrated in some massive hotels up in the north that are foreign-owned, where they keep all the money on site, spread the money around, spread it to the Airbnbs, make it worthwhile for people to do up their spare spaces for accommodation. Because these are the things people want. They want to come and experience a country. They want, don't want to just have a holiday. They want to experience a country. So let them experience the country. Don't force them to just go as far as Soufraire and turn back. Oh. I'm not unhappy, I'm just getting everything off my chest at once. I'm still loving life, don't get me wrong. <laughs> still loving life. I just have to get all of this politics shit off my chest. Okay, thank you. Hi everyone, I'm now at the beach. I've just finished editing the ed episode and I realised I didn't say goodbye. So, yeah, sorry for the shouting and the swearing. And again, apologies if I've offended anyone. Sorry, oops. Bye. <laughs>